0: a real christian and i respect you man you are a real christian and i respect you uh, back in 2001 one fall evening i was doing work on the basketball court i was doing business on the court I was taking these men to the court, dunking on them, hitting all kinds of shots on them. Uh, the boy was doing work. Uh, so much so that one guy uh, became frustrated. And as I was going up, crisscrossing them over, going to dunk the basketball, he pushed me. Hard and to the ground. There I was on the ground in a place surrounded by men. The guy was about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, about 220. I was 6'2 and a half, about 245 solid. And I'm sizing this guy up while I'm on the ground. Now mind you, Two years prior, I had given my life to Jesus. And at the point of this game, I was saved trying to live for him, knowing that I had been approved by him through Christ. And I had nothing to prove to man. I had to live this out in this moment. I can get up and prove myself to this guy and the men around us, or I can walk away. No, I'm approved by God. Though seeming weak to man, strong because of God. So, 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 y'all, no, 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 no don't clap. I'm gonna tell you a story in a minute. gonna probably wreck everything I said good today. It'd be undone. A punctured wheel. But in this moment, in, in this moment, y'all, I was on the ground, looking at him, got up, walked away, again, feeling weak, but being strong. About two or three hours later from Fort Worth, I, his name was Stop Six. He was from Fort Worth. He uh, came to where I was and said, "Hey, Valentine, you are a real Christian, and I respect you." I wonder had he said them words, had we fought and I beat him down or got beat down. But because I walked away approved by God, not having nothing to prove to man, he came and found me and said, you are a real Christian. And I respect you. That story and an example of what it means to be meek, gentle, humble, which is the third beatitude in the Sermon on the Mount. This is the attribute, this is the trait that we'll be covering today. Again, we started this series called Living Upside Down, and y'all, in that moment, in that moment with that guy, that was an upside-down moment because the world would say, fight. God said, walk away, and because God had turned my heart up, right side up in Jesus, I can now live this this upside-down life now on earth, and that's the challenge God is going to take all of us through as we continue to look at, go through this sermon on the mount. We're in sermon three of a 33 part series. So please uh, uh, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter five or find on your device Matthew uh, chapter five. And again, we're going to continue this journey of. Of uh, 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 these, uh, these Beatitudes. Now, again, Matthew is a book written by uh, Matthew, a disciple of Christ, and his aim of the book is to convince the Jews that Christ is the promised Messiah that we see in, in the Old Testament. So this guy he actually uses over seventy-five scriptures of Old Testament. Trying, I'm sorry, seventy-five Old Testament scriptures are used to validate in this gospel who Christ is. Seventy-five Old Testament scriptures are referring to Christ as the promised Messiah. So now you have Christ in chapter four. He preaches this sermon uh, and he says, and here here is the just his whole. Message: His whole ministry can be summed up in this one phrase: Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And we know now those who have uh, who have repented of sins, they have accepted Him as ruler, uh, as the rule, as a ruler of their lives. Who reign in their lives now, living on earth, though raised up in heaven as a citizen in heaven, yet living on earth to make much of Christ, the one. Who saved us? And then he preaches this message. And when, when we're gonna look at again uh, 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 one verse, but I'm gonna read for our hearing one through four. It says, When he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his his disciples he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs, uh, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. No, 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 no. Each beatitude or each attitude or each uh, 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 is building on the next. So the next one means that you can't mourn the spirit until you first. Uh, uh, were made to be poor in spirit. So it's it's being poor in spirit, which leads then to mourning over your sin, which then leads to now meek or being gentle. One guy said that each beatitude becomes increasingly difficult as you go one towards the next. Today we're going to talk about meekness. Now first, let me define for you what is meekness. Now there is no there is no scripture that actually defines that actually defines what it means to be meek but you can go to many dictionaries but let me say that that again like i said earlier meekness is not weakness it is not being a pushover it's not always giving in meekness also does not mean that one should not pursue justice or give up their legal rights. I mean, you see in the Bible, Christ is nowhere near weak, but he is described as meek. So meekness, in a sense, it, it, it does not identify the weak, but more precisely, the strong who have been placed in a position of weakness where they persevere without giving up while being gentle to all. The word picture here is of a, a wild horse who comes and is tamed by his master. And him being tamed does not mean that the horse has lost its power. The horse still possess the power, but now it's under control in a sense It's tame, so this horse has not lost its strength but has learned to control the destructive instincts that prevent the horse from living in harmony with other animals and his master. Meekness is not weakness. I have to give you just a working definition, and you'll hear many along the way, One is this, meekness is the ability to trust God and submit to his will in all things while remaining humble and gentle to all people. It is the ability to trust and see that the Lord is good while while absorbing adversity and criticism from other people. Here's the kicker without any backlash. It's to take criticism, adversity brought on by others, but while that's going on to trust and see that the Lord is good and you, the one where the the adversity is, uh, is focused, where the criticism is focused, you don't even respond. St. Clair Ferguson, a noted author and pastor, said that when you see such an attribute, when you see such a characteristic, he says, there is probably no more beautiful quality in a Christian than meekness. It enhances manliness. It adorns womanhood. It is the jewel polished by grace and produced by the spirit but it is all too rare. One who is meek has learned in gratitude of God's grace to submit his or herself to the Lord and to be just. In the midst of adverse criticism lying on Do you respond in a kind way? Do you respond in a way that shows off Jesus in your life? This beatitude, most would say, is taken literally from a song. So please, find your way to this sermon. While we're going to flesh out all. we're going to see a greater description of what it is, Psalm 37 gives this great picture of one who is meek. So turn to Psalm 37 in your Bibles. Some call this the meekness psalm. It's a psalm where where. Matthew 5, verse 5 is literally translated out of Psalm 37, 11. But before I get there, there is, this, there is this little short and quick, robust and profound verse in Psalm 37, verse 3, that I think that defines and describes all in one what it means to be meek. It is this, trust in the Lord and do what is good if you had to really sum up in a phrase, what does it mean to to, to be meek? It is to trust in God and no matter what, do good. Do good to all. Do good to sinners. Do good to the enemies. Do good to all while you are trusting in God. That defines, so in a sense, trust is the essence of meekness. But one cannot be meek and not trust God, that it's, it's defined, it's willed, it's, it's driven into one who has known themselves to be poor in spirit, and they grieve over their sin and over the effects of sin, and now they, they sense this call now to be gentle, to be meek, to be humble towards sinners because they have stood in the presence of a good and awesome God. So out of that, out of that, now there's, there's this there's this call for us to be meek. Now, how does how is that meekness described? I'm glad to ask. Look at Psalm 37. Now, y'all again, we're gonna go down some and, and, and we're gonna sift through a description of a meek person. If it hit you, don't say ouch, amen. Just say, hey, just say praise God, amen. It's, just praise God because, y'all, because when I look at this attribute, man, and I look over my life, more times than not, I am not this. But I see how God, he's willing, he's willing, he, he's, he's driving this in my spirit as I spend time with him. It says, son, you can't spend time with me and not be meek to all. So what does it mean? Look at what it says here in Psalm 37. Verse 1 or 2 says, do not be agitated. That's a good word. King James says, do not fret. Or K word, not the best word. Do not be agitated with evildoers. Do not envy those who do wrong. For they wither quickly like grass and wilt like tender grass, uh, like green plants. Verse 7b says, do not be agitated by one who prospers in his way. By the person who carries out evil plans. This, this, this word, this so not to fret or not to be agitated literally means not to be burned with anger. That we shouldn't burn with anger because the people of the world are wicked. Why? Because the Bible says they're here one day and they're gone the next. Why are you getting angry at somebody who is transient? They're not here, you you can they're gone. They one day they will be no more, and here you are burning with anger because of their wickedness. But also, he says in verse 7b, don't get wicked or don't be angry because the wicked prosper. Why are you upset with people who don't know God is rich and you broke? They're getting promoted and you're not, why are you tripping? Why are you burning with anger? Now, listen, listen. I'm not saying that we should not be angry. But there's a warning against our anger that doesn't matter. I promise you, Jesus. Every... If you read Proverbs, I promise you, every other chapter is a warning against being angry. But but if you move forward through Ephesians chapter Be angry, just don't sin. So you can be angry and not sin. Also, why? And it's don't let the sun go down on your anger. So here it is. Be angry, don't sin, don't be mad too long now. Because verse 27 says, and don't give the devil an opportunity. See, those who are meek, Never sin against God or anyone else when they're angry. Say it again. Those who are meek and are relying on the grace of God and the spirit of God can be angry and not sin against God or man. Also, those who are meek are angry for just. The right amount of time. See, a meek person doesn't allow the anger to to go three, four, five, six, seven days. Like I did. Or done. And I gave the devil plenty of chance to work in my life. See, when you're meek, you get upset at the things of God and the effects of sin. But you're not angry too long. You pray because you don't want the devil to get an opportunity. So again, I'm not saying that a meek person, just like a Christ, we'll see, Christ got angry. Christ, Christ went inside temples and threw over stuff. But that was righteous anger. He was angry for what they have made his father house to be that never was meant to be. His anger was righteous. So those who are meek, they, they are not angry. They, 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 are, they are angry, but they don't sin. Why? Because, again, they trust God. Look at verse 3. It says, trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord, trusting in him and that he will act. That's key. Verse uh, 7 eight. Says, be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for Him. Verse 3, verse 5, and verse 3, verse verse 5, and 7 are just simple other ways of us trusting in God. See, a person who trusts in God, when they are lied on or or they are ridiculed, the Bible says in verse 5 that they commit their way to God that when somebody does wrong to you, you roll that wrong over to God. Hallelujah, God. When somebody speak evil of you, God, you roll that and you, how oh God has this too. See, a meek person knows how to roll stuff over to God. They don't take it in the living room and look at it. A meek person commits his way the, they're able to and they trust God. Hey, hey, they, 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 they're able to wait on God to move and not. See that they trust in God and that God, who is a good God, will act on my behalf, but for his glory. You see this in Numbers 12. And one, there are two times in the Bible where the Bible describes somebody as meek, And one of those men were name was Moses. And then in Genesis, and Numbers 12, you have this incident where God is, 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 is working with Moses and Miriam and Aaron, they, be, they actually become haters. Miriam is, a, is really the main one pushing to her brother, has God only spoken to Moses? Is he the only prophet that God speaks to face to face? Now, y'all, now, now Moses is around. Y'all, check this out. Y'all, this, is, this, this is good. You got his sister, his siblings hating on Moses. And in verse 2 of chapter 12, it says this. They said, Does the Lord speak only through Moses? Does he not also speak through us? Those next five words said this, it, it, it says this. And the Lord heard it you upset Moses Mounting his own business It's after verse 2 That the Bible says that, And Moses was the meekest man In all the earth Why is that? Because while they are Hating and practicing on Moses He's trusting that God The God who hears Is also a God who will act Read down in Numbers 12. The Bible says, in God, he struck his sister Miriam with leprosy. See, Moses couldn't do that. Only God could. So somebody who is, who is meek, they trust that God, he will hear, and that God will act. They trust, and they leave vengeance to God. Romans twelve nineteen says this. Friends, do not be, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath, because it is written, "Vengeance belongs to me, and I will repay." And so many times, we want people to feel our wrath, our vengeance, so we say stuff and do stuff and. God is saying, if you handle it, I'm done. If you trust me, I handle it. But you got to trust that I'm going down. I may not do it when you think I should do it. How I should do it, but I, you can trust in the Lord and he will act, the Bible says. "See, See, you know that you're not being meek when you start taking things in your own hands. When you start speaking ill, when you start doing ill to others, you know, for a matter of fact, you are not being meek. A meek person finds a way to do good and to speak well of all people, no matter what the situation is. Maybe you ask, "Well, why should I do good and why should I speak good when, when, when they are doing this to me? Maybe because that's what God always does to you. You and I both know you don't always act, act, like, act like no saint. That more times than not, you are, ain't not a saint. But because of what God has done for you in Christ, he always calls you a saint. And he always does good to you. No matter what, because God's Goodness is not predicated on your goodness. It's his goodness. And he always speaks well over you. And if that's true of us, if we are, if we are recipients of such goodness and grace, God is saying, can you do it too? Why? Wow. Look, look, Romans, 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 again, 12, 20, says this. But if your enemy is hungry, Starve him. Starve him. Make sure he, make sure he, he or she suffer. Don't, don't do it. Man, you make sure, man, if I had 10, I wouldn't give you one of it. I'm going to make you No, 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 no. A meek person. But if your, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will be heaping fiery coals on their heads. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. <laughs> a meek person finds a way to do good even when evil is done to them. A meek person finds something good to say or they don't say a meek person does not take revenge. Now, back in 2010, I had the privilege of of being a call center manager. Uh, I hadn't worked in a call center a day in my life, but I went in the interview and I gave them the gift of gab. And I got that job somehow, somewhere, and there I was at a call center managing people uh, uh, who was on the phone talking. There was this one person in in this call center, one person in the call center. I didn't like her. But she never did enough to get fired. Like she did just enough. I can't find me. So one day, so, so 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 one day, I said, "Okay, I'm gonna fix that." She comes in here and she calls me this name, and I'm, I'm a manager. I said, "Oh, oh, that's it. It wouldn't. She called me a punk, and I ain't a big day." You know, it wasn't big, but I said, Oh, that's you, you, you done now. You 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 done now. I go and get my manager and say, hey man, it's time for us to fire her. I went in that meeting and sharing, I'm gonna do the other half of the half you didn't do to t- t- get fired. I'm gonna allow you and make sure this is your last day at this call center. So there I am, y'all, in the meeting, in the meeting with my manager and the lady and I'm just lying on this girl, trying to get this girl fired. And so, my, my manager says, "Okay, okay, understood, got it, ma'am. You leave." The woman leaves the door, I mean, leaves the room, and my manager said, "Pastor, oh yeah, y'all, she, she went there, pastor." I noticed that in this conversation, you stuttered a whole lot. <laughs> now, I know you stuttered, but but in this meeting, you were off the chain. You, just, you were just stuttering. I mean, I didn't understand what you said. What are you saying? I mean, you were just stuttering. I mean, I mean, quit stuttering and just say it. So, y'all, so, y'all, so there I am lying on this girl. just I am stuttering away trying to get this girl fired. I want her out of here now. Escort her out of here. And so, so my manager... Yeah, My manager gave me the paper. Hey, see, here you go. Fill it out, Pastor. <laughs> Fill it out. <laughs> Fill it out, Pastor. So as I'm writing her name on her, there's this voice that says, "Son, aren't you glad I wouldn't do this to you? Aren't you glad that I would not do this?" to you. Aren't you glad? And me, my pride, I'm still trying to write her last name. Uh, she's out of here. I got to I get to halfway. Son, aren't you glad I'm not like you? I stopped. I called my manager in. I said, let's give her another shot. She she deserves it. Let's give her another shot. Y'all, two weeks later, she was moved from off my team to somewhere else. Here's my point to this. In a moment of weakness, God was still gentle. But even when we are not meek, God is still meek. There's a scripture that says in Psalms eighteen thirty-five, "God hath given me the shield of His salvation; His right hand upholds me, and your God's gentleness exalts me and makes me great." It is because of the gentleness of God that we are made great. Meekness has been defined. Meekness is described. And look at the declaration, of what it means to be meek in verse 11 of, of this text. It says, but the humble will inherit the land and will enjoy abundant prosperity. Matthew it says they will inherit the earth. The, the correct meaning you can use in a sense is prosperity. But the word prosperity actually means peace. That those who are humble will inherit and enjoy abundant peace. That's a great characteristic of somebody who is meek. Because they trust in God to act on their behalf, they're at peace. Because they trust in God to honor those who, 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 who call their names and lie on them, because they trust God, their peace is not disturbed. Somebody who is meek has abundant peace, the Bible says. And I think this is what Jesus was getting to in John 10.10 10, where, where he says that he's come to give us life and life more abundantly. Listen to me, there are some people on earth who don't have much to spend but has all the joy in the world, has all the peace they can handle. Because peace does not come from stuff, peace comes from God. So you can have little and still have abundant Peace. See, this is the true gospel. Because we have the one who is peace, we ourselves can have peace. Those who are meek trust him to be our peace for us. With little or a lot, I still have peace. So the meek have learned in this time to be content. The meek are not fighting for promotions. The meek are not lying on people trying to advance their agenda because that road gives nobody Jesus. They don't get Christ going down that road from you. No, the meek, the meek, they're trusting God obeying him, submitting to his will, allowing God to do his great work in them. At the same time, they are experiencing this peace that blows even their own mind. This is upside down living. That those who are meek are content. They they learn over and over to be content. And their disposition isn't always, give me the next let think. I'm good with what God has already given me. And if he wills for me to have more, well, I will have more. The meek are content in, in the present, but they are confident with their future. The meek person understands that he or she one day will, will experience the, f- the fullness of their inheritance. That one day this new earth, this new heaven will come down and I will inherit the, the, the new earth. D.A. Carson, a, a great scholar has this to say about this. It says, speak in terms of time. God's people will still be rejoicing that this beatitude is literally true. In the new heaven and earth, they will be grateful by that by grace, they learn to be meek during their initial threescore years into ten. That how we're living now, we'll be living then. For eons of years. So, what do I do? What's the call here? I said it in every sermon. Number one, repent. Because I know you can think of a plethora of situations where you have not been me. People at your job, people in your home, in your bedroom. I was studying this, and I had to repent over how I treat my dog. I'm, I was not gentle with my dog. This, this attribute, it, 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 it runs through you but to everybody. Because you know you are poor in spirit, you, and that you mourn over sin, that you want to be gentle now. You want to to give to those who don't know God this grace and love that they might see God. But you need to repent often of not being gentle, meek, considerate, thoughtful, kind, meek, all the time, being angry and never sinning. Number one, repent. Number two, yoke up with Jesus. Uh, Matthew says this, take my of Christ. Christ says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. The word gentle means also meek and heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus promises that if we yoke up with him, he will, that we will learn what it means to be meek, what it means to be humble, what it means to be gentle repent yoke up with Jesus and then realize this you can't produce meek it's a fruit of the spirit no one in here can be meek of their own will of their own strength the only way you're going to be gentle to all people even sinners and enemies is by the holy spirit working in you this great work that shows off God that Causes folks to question Why are you nice to me And you know I've been mean to you That's upside down living Blessing those who curse you Doing good to those who do evil to you That's upside down living But why do we do it Because it's been done And it's been done to us now In Jesus Let me close with this. I'm done. In Matthew chapter 6, in Matthew 26, there is the scene. Y'all get this. There is the scene where Christ is in front of the Sanhedrin council, and they're asking him, question scene. Peter is going to betray him. But in the middle of the scene, they're questioning him. And they'll say, Man, do you hear what is being said about you? And in verse 63 of chapter 26, it says that Jesus kept silent. This is their word. You read down in verse, in, uh, verse 65, it says this Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has. Bl- You've heard this blasphemy? what is your decision? They answered, he deserves death. Then they spat in his face. They beat him with rods and they slapped him in the face. They spit on Jesus. They hit Jesus. Rise! They slapped him. Now, he's God in the flesh, and he's doing nothing. They are slapping around our Savior. They are spitting in his face, and then we say, "If someone does that to me, that's a fight going on." But here's our Savior, who is meek and gentle. He's taking been slapped, spit on, and hit. But why did Jesus do this? Why did he do it? Why did he take such ridicule? Why did he take such treatment? Peter, who denied him, gives us a secret into why he did it. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 21 and 23, it says, For you Christians were called To this, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow his steps too. He did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but entrust. Here is, Here's is, here is why. He entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. Why, you ask? He was meek and was able to taste and see the goodness of God, though been sped on, hit, and slapped in the face. When he could have saved himself from the cross, he didn't. It was the meekest act of all. God, Christ, who could have saved himself, stayed there, that you and I could enjoy life and life abundant. Also make much of him here on earth. My prayer is that may as we leave here today that we would desire to, to, to live in an upside-down fashion. That no matter what say, what's said to me for my spouse, kids, workers, friends, family who have enemies, that we would spawn in a way that is gentle that is me and that we would trust that he, God, the one who judges justly would act on our behalf for his glory. Father God, we thank you and we love you. If I just be real with my own self, this, this, this attribute, this, this trait... That you say those who are in the kingdom is to have. But you don't stop making me out of what you made me. You keep pursuing me. You keep loving me. You keep using me and filling me with your spirit. That I, that, that I, that I may get it to the point every once in a while on earth that I would display this meekness to the world. That would show how gentle our God is. God, will you please help help me? Help us. That because we are approved by you, we need not to prove anything to man. Blessed are the me. For they will inherit, experience this abundant peace, this abundant prosperity brought by. God and God himself. Father, help us. In Jesus' name, amen.